Welcome to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise Relationship Weekly Podcast. I'm your host, Yvonne. Today's show, Domestic Abuse, The Dana Rankin Experience, Part 2 of 2, is brought to you by You Are Dynamic, the personal improvement company that believes in and cares about you. The purpose of my podcast is to help you control, alt, delete your negative relationship patterns, helping you gain new perspectives that prevent self-sabotage so you can be free from shame and guilt and stop allowing toxic people a place in your life. Today, I continue my conversation with Dana Rankin and her experience with domestic abuse. Please feel free to go back and listen to episode one, which aired yesterday. Today, Dana is gracious enough to share how she helps her daughter from getting into abusive relationships, how she intervened for her son. She also gives us examples of the depth of domestic abuse she endured, and she even tells us how we can prevent domestic violence. You might even see yourself in her examples. Unfortunately, at the very end of our conversation, I had technical difficulty, but thank God it was just at the very end. So stay tuned. Welcome back to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise Relationship Podcast. I'm here today with Dana Rankin, or is it pronounced Rankin? Rankin. Rankin. Awesome. I'm here today with Dana Rankin, and this is where we ended the last podcast. We were talking about the long-term effects that domestic violence had, and she was sharing a story about her daughter and how it affected her daughter. Go ahead, Dana. My daughter is very, my youngest daughter, she's very, she's in a relationship right now and she's paying attention to all of the aspects of it to see if there are any red flags in it. And so she comes to me since we have such a close relationship by us having went through the abusive situation as she was growing up, she's paying attention to different uh, emotional uh, manipulative type behaviors and also any kind of physically abusive behaviors. Mm -hmm. And so she is very uh, sensitive to criticism from him. And so I told her that if there's anything that you feel uncomfortable with, go to him and talk to him and say, I, I feel this way when you speak to me in that way. And I don't, I don't want us to be like that. Mm -hmm. So I said, just make sure you have a lot of communication with him. So your expectations are set in the beginning and don't ever lower those for just to stay in the relationship with him because it's not worth that. It's not worth you feeling degraded or feeling isolated or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So we have a very strong relationship and she comes to me quite a bit about what's happening to get my take on it and see if it's anything that I'm concerned about Mm -hmm. to help her without kind of overstepping what I should know but she still feels comfortable enough to come to me since she knows what I went through with her father and that's awesome you know because parents children or adults as they are now they don't always open up and tell us everything and there I get that I didn't tell my parents anything so I get that 
when you do have a close relationship, that is very important. Another aspect to the domestic violence part I see is we get into the relationship not knowing who we are, what we stand for, our, we don't know what we like and don't like. We kind of, because when I got into the relationship, I kind of morphed into what he liked and I ate what he liked. And, you know, I went where he wanted to go and Yvonne kind of diminished, just disappeared. Mm. And if if our daughters or in, and sons don't know who they are or have their own voice, Dana, they will go diminish into that person because they have no clue that's true and my son was was to just this came to my mind today mm -hmm. that my son my oldest son he has autism mm -hmm. and he's 23 and he was in an emotionally abusive relationship with someone mm -hmm. and so I was trying to tell him that this is what was happening and he didn't see it until it was over with Mm -hmm. And it was an older woman that he befriended at church mm -hmm. through the church ministry. And she was I, trying to isolate him from me. She was saying inappropriate things to him. And she was basically manipulating him to be in her life. Mm -hmm. And I saw it and I kept telling her, like, leave my son alone. You, you know, you need to be around someone your own age and that type of thing. And it took where he really had to come to a point where he saw it for himself. He had to recognize for himself mm -hmm. that he saw that this person's abusing me. And so it was very devastating to him right. to have this happen when he had already been abused by his father. So I agree that it's a cycle. I think it's a, a cycle of abuse, sadly. And you don't see it as much where it's men that you think but it really is it's a lot of women will abuse men as well especially if they're older and and they know he has some kind of impairment mentally mm -hmm. they'll take advantage of that fact and take money and that kind of thing from him and so I have to be really careful with his heart because I have to protect that I'm his I'm his caregiver and I have to protect him from that type of thing and so now he has done a lot of, he's done a lot of reading on abusive things and like that. So he can recognize a lot more and, and help himself out with it. And he's not in that relationship anymore. And he doesn't have any con contact with her at all. And I did forgive her. And I told her that I forgive you because I wanted to not have any bitterness or anything. Right. But I told her to leave my son alone mm -hmm. because you need to be around someone your own age and not do this to, and you also shouldn't do this to people you know she has children she she should not have done that and so my point is that he didn't see it even though he was abused by his father and he saw my abuse he didn't see it as happening to him right he didn't feel as though it could happen yeah and and to speak to that I call it generational my mom was the abuser and that's what I saw growing up. And the opposite happened to my son. Well, it, it wasn't the opposite, but it happened to my son in that his kid's mom was the abuser. So this generational cyclical type of abuse happens and we're not even aware of it. 
and and a lot of it does have to do with when our what our kids see what they witness when they grow up and we're raising these kids in these houses and they're witnessing this abuse and have we're thinking that they're not affected by it we're thinking sometimes and I, i'm not painting the wide paintbrush so this is not in all situations but we're thinking that these kids it's behind closed doors they don't see it or you know they don't know what's really going on, but these kids are perceptive and they get hurt by what's going on. They love both of their parents. And it's so hard for them to be in the middle of all of this and, and warring between them. And then they end up in these abusive relationships. So, so I, I want to speak to the audience, you and I both in like, come on, if you're sitting here in this abusive relationship, think about what it's doing to your kids. I know you're hurting and you may not know which way is out, up or down, and you're confused, but also consider what it is doing to your kids, which brings me to another question. And a lot of people say, well, why do you stay? What, what makes you stay in these abusive relationships? As far as me, I stayed because I wanted the family. I wanted them to have a father and not to come from a broken home. Mm -hmm. So I felt that was very important for them. And I felt like I couldn't raise them on my, I was doing a disservice to them mm -hmm. to raise them by myself. Mm -hmm. I did not want them to come from a single mom household where they didn't have the father, especially my sons. They didn't have the father to show them how to be a man. Cause I was thinking, how can I show them how to be a man when I'm not one myself? Right. You know? <laughs> And then I wanted, I had a, my relationship with my father was very distant until later in life. And I didn't want that to happen to them, to my daughters. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted, cause I have four children in total. And so two boys and two girls. So I just wanted to make sure that they always had that father to go to for protection and for just information on how to grow up from the the father's side, not just the mom's side. And would you suggest that today, knowing the effects that it does have on the children to stay in the relationship that's abusive because you want them to have the mom and dad there, would you still suggest that? No, definitely not. Because you're doing more harm than by to the children by staying than you are by leaving there's so many resources in every state that can help you get away from this person and get some help and what i did was i called the, the national domestic violence hotline 1-800-799-SAFE i called there and i asked i told them where i was mm -hmm. and i said what was happening and the woman on the phone gave me some resources to go to a shelter and that may sound scary to someone who may be in that situation, but it really isn't. Um, it's just the fear of action. I think sometimes we're so afraid that we don't do anything, but if we don't do anything, nothing's going to change for you and for your children. And you have to make that decision so that your children can be safe with you because you are their safe parent. If you're the person that um, is the, the, the victimized one, that's the only safety they know is you. 
And let's, so you let's have- take a, I'm sorry, let's take a, just a step back. What was your impetus to finally call the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence Hotline? What got you to the point where you're just like, okay, I, I'm done? The abuse turned towards my youngest children, my youngest child. Okay. And um, it was starting to be hitting. Mm-hmm. And so I knew that I was going to lose them. I said, I can't do this to them. It was, it was different when it was towards just me. But as the children started getting older, when they were babies, it wasn't like that. But as they started getting older, the abuse started getting more and more. Mm. And so he started revealing to me a lot of abuse that he suffered mm. in his childhood from his brother and his mother. And so I said, okay, he's repeating this. Okay. So I started really paying attention to that. And then he, when he threatened to kill me after we watched a show on domestic violence, he threatened to kill me that night. And I said, I have to get out of here because if he kills me for one, my children lose their mother and then they'll be with him. So I can't let that happen. I can't let him get them. So I have to get them out of here. So we just call, I called there. And then when the police, ca- the police came and took us out, we had four trap. We had, uh, it was five of us. Mm-hmm. So we each put everything in a trash bag and went with the police and went to a shelter. Okay. So everything that we could throw in that bag, each of us had a bag. And what my children remember the most is how nice the police officer was to them mm. and how they gave them a stuffed animal to comfort <laughs> them when oh. we were leaving. And so that was something that they, they kept those animals for years. Oh, wow. And so that was something that was really helpful. I was just thankful to have that, that positive experience in such an emotionally hard day yeah we had to go it was traumatic for you uprooting the kids you were already traumatized and them because of the abuse so now you're uprooted from your home where you thought there was going to be love and now you're moving them and yourself of course to another place that you're hoping you don't even know for sure will be safe and give you provision right that's right Mm -hmm. yeah so going from that and moving, they provided for you. So moving to where they're provided for you. And I know you have fear because this was all new to you. You could have stayed. You could have just stayed and just dealt with it. But it, it no. was so damaging. It was so damaging to them. The crying, uh, we would have to talk with no words and what I mean by that is I would stare at them to tell them to be quiet and I would and they would know what I meant like when he was starting to abuse me and he was getting angry because he would yell I remember at one time it was eight hours and he was very very loud very very strong voiced man very physically fit and very scary Mm. and so he would just yell for hours and I would just sit with my head down we would go to church and we weren't allowed to speak I wasn't allowed to talk to men at all and it was just so damaging to them they saw all of this Mm -hmm. like it was absolutely horrible he wouldn't let me feed them certain food um 
he did not want to work. He wanted to stay home and watch me all the time. Mm-hmm. He, when I was work, when I did work, when it was no other choice, when we were homeless, because we were homeless together and I was homeless outside of that. And the homelessness that we were together was because of him. Um, he would come to my job when I would work and stare at me. Mm-hmm. It, I would, for example, I worked at a Walgreens in Kansas and he would bring the children down two hours before my shift ended. And I was the cashier and he would stand in the front of the store and stare at me the entire time to make sure I wasn't talking to men in the store. And so my children were, my youngest ones were in the stroller and my oldest daughter had to stand there for two hours and watch him watch me. And she couldn't talk. She could, she just stood there. She just stood there. Yes. And so they, like all these things are memories that they have Mm -hmm. that they had to deal with. And so now in her choice, my oldest, this is my oldest daughter in her choice of relationships. If she sees anything that's damaging or, or hurting to her, she will break it off. And so I'm very thankful for that because although she had to go through that, she learned a lesson from it, what not to put up with. Exactly. There was, there was, it was that time when I kept watching their faces and seeing what happened that I called that, that number. Mm -hmm. And also there was even times when our apartment managers had to intervene in the yelling because he was that loud. They heard him all the way across the complex. What? Mm-hmm. She actually came to my door and asked me, was I okay? Wow. And the kids were all privy, of course. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. It was extreme. It was very extreme. Thank God that you're out of it and the kids are out of it. Thank yes. you for that. Now, I know that most people who go through this they take it and they move forward and they do something with it. You said that you have a ministry. Yes. It's called precious pearls ministry. And what I did was I built a website of resources for women who have domestic violence situations so that they can get help. Tell me about it. Go into that a little bit. We still have some time. Well, basically my daughter and I decided to put together when we were in the domestic violence safe house, we decided to put together a, a website of resources in every state to help people get abuse, get, get abuse, help from abuse. And we put that together and then I would go speak at different places in the community and share about domestic violence. There was a poem that I wrote when I was in the shelter and I was on TV with the vice president of Verizon huh. here in spring. I'm in Springfield, Missouri. And I was on TV get and help presenting the check to the domestic violence shelter that we stayed in. Oh. So Verizon <laughs> donated $10,000 to Harmony House, which is the shelter that I was in. And so they, yeah. I've helped present the check to them after I read the poem for the audience. Oh, Dana. Oh. That's precious. I mean, I, I can't even imagine because you, so you turn that thing around and you made something positive out of this situation. Are you and your daughter still, I mean, to, to gather information from each state <laughs> resources. Yes. I know that took a lot of work, but it yes. was worth it. Yes. She did all, she put, she and I did all the research mm-hmm. and she built the website for me. So 
Wow. Do you, are you still keeping that up today? Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. And are there any other initiatives that you're doing? Like today we're having a conversation about domestic violence. Any other initiatives you're working on? I mostly am a guest on different people's podcasts. And also okay. there was a book that I was in called the Me Too Movement. And so I was in, a, I was a guest sharing my domestic violence story there. Okay. And so in that, in that book, I was mentioned in that. And so that also had the poem inside and all the different places where you can go in each state for domestic violence help. Do you, you and your daughter now, I know things change from state to state and from year to year, some things may even change. Do you still keep that up? Do you go yes. back? Okay. Oh my gosh. That's such a great resource. Uh, I, I hope that uh, I'm going to I'm going to get that information from you because I have someone I'm, I need to share that with. She's doing a ministry um, and, and what she's doing is she's gathering information for women who've been in abusive relationships and she's building it up. She's trying to build it to 1 million women. So I'll share that information. That's, that's going to be powerful. And in, we have two more questions. I really need, need to ask you and you may not have the answer to it because I don't. What do you think might be a key to helping in domestic violence? That's a, that's a huge question. I would say awareness is, is key. You have to be aware of something to help change it or stop it. And a lot of times we're scared to silence. Mm -hmm. And I think the women who have been victimized and have survived the situation would need to speak out more and share their Thanks again for being a regular listener to the weekly Wednesday episodes of the Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise Relationship Podcast. For this series on domestic abuse, I have to do a disclaimer. The content used in this podcast is for general information only and is not tailored for any particular circumstance. I make every effort to ensure that the information discussed is free from error and accurate. All opinions discussed are not necessarily the opinion of the host, which is me. To the extent permitted by law, the Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise Relationship podcast does not accept responsibility or liability for any loss or damage arising from the reliance on information aired on this podcast. With that said, I hope you enjoyed the last episode with Dana and that you did glean golden nuggets that you will make sure to take and share with your friends, family, and coworkers. Next week, I have a conversation with Alicia, the Warrior Queen. Alicia is on a God-given mission to have a tribe of one million warrior women thriving after abuse and or trauma in their relationships. Remember to subscribe and tell a friend about the podcast so we can get the word out and you're notified when a new episode is posted. Your comments are very important to me, so please email me at yvonnetheauthor at gmail.com which I will post in the show notes, along with Dana's contact information. And until we meet again, I want you to remember that you are dynamic. Why? Because despite everything you've been through, you're still here. <laughs>